The college experience is yet another victim of COVID-19. In higher education, this pandemic threatens the foundation of schools built largely on the Socratic method, allowing pupils to gather and ask questions of a professor in a large gathering. Like it or not, instruction goes on with social distancing, but UC San Diego is taking a step key to knowing how bad the spread of COVID-19 is. They've begun voluntarily testing their student body. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is a special live episode of your San Diego News Fix. Gary Robbins, you cover higher education for the Union Tribune. Why don't you explain what is this testing program that UCSD now has? Okay, so they're going to test their students for COVID-19, just like a lot of other people across the country being tested. The university has almost 40,000 students. They want to get people back onto campus, and they can't do that unless they have some way of really keeping track of whether someone is infected or not. So they decided to start a pilot program this summer. There are about 5,000 students still on campus. Most of them are graduate students. Um, So they're appealing to them and saying, please let us test you uh, for free to you. And they started doing it this week. Uh, We're getting final statistics um, later today. But so far, they've tested at least 200 students. Uh, It seems like the program has got off to a reasonable start. It's uh, pretty efficient. Simply what they do is um, if you're a student, you pick up uh, the kit, you know, the testing kit, and you sync it with your phone. In other words, you read a barcode so your phone uh, syncs up with the test kit itself so you can keep track of it. You administer the test yourself. It's a swab, but it's not like a big swab everybody's really thinking about. You take the swab and you, you know, put it in your nose and put the, the container in a certain place, and then people come and pick it up, and you can get your results in about 24 hours. Um, We've been told that so far this week, nobody has tested positive, but they're really just at the beginning of this very expensive uh, program. Mm -hmm. And are they confident that this is an effective test? Because I know the quality of testing has been kind of a point of concern across the country. They are hopeful that it is a good good test. You were so right to point that out. Even some of the tests that we really assume to be the best ones are having problems. There were reports yesterday about one of the key tests from Abbott Laboratories. Um, The good news is that UC San Diego has two teaching hospitals, and it has one of the largest medical biomedical research operations in, in the United States. So they're processing the results. And they have a bunch of epidemiologists and infectious disease experts who will be looking at this. And they can tell right away whether something is not kosher. Um, So of all the places in America to really do something, this is actually one of the best. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that you use your smartphone to kind of keep track of the results. Is there also contact tracing with this program or is it just testing? I think it's gonna be contact tracing as well. So for example, if you're a student and you test positive, um, what the university says is they're going to, you know, meet with you and walk back through where you've been, you know, so it it is uh, contact tracing so they can uh, kind of isolate it. I talked to Chancellor Kozler about this, about how and why they're doing it. So in order for UC San Diego to have a lot of people come back to campus in the fall, they're going to, this is going to have to be very effective. They're going to have fewer people in the dormitory, so there's more space between people. Um, but their idea is that, for example, if you tested positive, they could isolate you very quickly without having to shut an entire floor of a dorm. At least that's what they think. So if they test really regularly, um, and really run it to ground where you might have been or I might have been, then they say they, they think they can operate it. But Chancellor Kozo says, you know, this is a pilot program. You know, they, they appear to be the first major American university to do this on this kind of scale. So there are a lot of unknowns here. 
Mm -hmm. And, you know, UCSD often plays a big role when it comes to research and science. What's their kind of game plan in finding more information about this virus? They are, they are so heavily invested in this, um, in this whole thing. They're doing many things. For example, one of the things they do, they're doing a lot of research is um, research on antibodies. So there are some antibodies that will fight this particular virus. You have to identify them. Um, all human beings uh, have roughly five different types of, um, of antibodies, but within those types, there's a lot of variation. So they have to go in and find out, say, within me or within you, what is the, uh, the most effective antibodies that might be used to fight the virus. One of the ways they're doing that is, is going to people who have already had COVID and survived it and having them donate blood so they can go in and look at the uh, antibodies to see if they can find ones that are particularly effective. Um, uh, some of the pharmaceutical companies are, are also working with the university on that kind of screening because they have a lot of compounds, a lot of proteins that might be of use, but they've never been tested or tested on this particular problem. UC San Diego is also very big in epidemiology and infectious disease, so they're very good at um, studying how um, um, viruses spread. We still don't have a full idea of how, how this all spreads. Um, there was quite a controversy about a month ago when one of the faculty members at UC San Diego gave a warning to surfers saying, you know, you need to social distance too, and six feet might not be enough because we think that the particles, the droplets can travel further than six feet. So while you're out there, there's a lot of times when you're coming close to people, a lot of surfers didn't want to hear that, but that's what epidemiology and infectious disease research does. It puts you into touch with some hard truths. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing with this entire pandemic is that all of this is kind of based off of probability. And, you know, that's a lot of math to have your brain really consider. So, you know, the actual risk about getting it in one place or another is difficult to communicate even under perfect circumstances. It really is. And, you know, I've been really concerned over this past week about a lot of people saying, well, the CDC and the scientists have all been proving wrong, particularly with the uh, forecast. Key word there is forecast. You'll remember there wasn't so long ago that the modeler said, we think that between 100,000 and 240,000 people in the United States could die. Um, we're not quite at 90,000. And a lot of people are saying, well, see, the figure's nowhere near what the modelers say. Well, to begin with, this is a forecast, and it's based on what they knew at the time, and they refine their forecast as they get more and more information. And they've been able to do a lot more refinement because only recently have significant numbers of people in the United States come to be tested. I would encourage the public to be, you know, a little bit more gentle with scientists on this because they really are trying to nail down certain things. They're not trying to pin people at home and make this last a longer time. They're just trying to get good data um, so they can sequester people in the way they need to so that we can get out of this. Mm -hmm. And it's fitting that uh, UC San Diego has this strategy when it comes to testing, given that their background in science and technology. What are some of the other kind of strategies that you're seeing region-wide about, you know, when it is time for students to come back and also continuing instruction? You know, they're doing some really interesting things at the University of San Diego. I've talked to their president uh, a couple of times, Jim Harris, and they're literally trying to figure out how many feet there should be between students in classrooms. Now, that school is known for serving smaller numbers of students in classroom, that really personal attention. So they've been doing things like measuring the square footage in the classrooms and th saying, well, how many feet apart could we really reasonably give students? Is it enough? Do we have to have more classes to provide for more social distancing? 
Um, they're looking at things like, do we stagger the times in which people are able to use the restrooms? By that I mean, uh, you know, uh, the communal restrooms where there are showers. Um, so they're looking how much space everybody would have between them and their habits, things that we do all every day that bring us closer together and how to kind of, you know, time them so people stay reasonably apart. And what do you do about masks? I've been hearing that the universities are gonna ask students to wear masks. Not everybody's gonna dig that idea. Um, so it becomes a question of like, how are they gonna encourage students to do that if they in fact ask them to do it? And how do you enforce it? Who enforces it? The police departments on these campuses are not really that big. San Diego State only has about 24 uh, officers for the entire university. So space is a big deal, identifying, isolating, and making sure that they don't do something that forces them to shut down, say, an entire dormitory or an entire um, an entire classroom building. Mm -hmm. And generally, how has online learning gone so far? Because that's been a point of controversy as well. This is a real mixed bag. Uh, students are complaining a lot. We have a story coming out, I think, over the weekend uh, in which we went on Reddit and we called a whole bunch of things that students from UC San Diego were saying about this. Um, some of them do like it, but many students feel very isolated. They feel alone. So they had to leave their dorms and in many cases go home where it can be really loud. And now they're taking all these online classes and they, um, some of them are good, some of them are not so good. I'm hearing complaints where, um, you know, they can't hear the, the professors that well or the quality of the material as you force it online hasn't been that good, that it's harder to have a conversation with a, with a professor, um, that a lot of students, for example, will shut off their audio or their video. So sometimes you'll see black squares instead of other human beings and people are, people are used to being with human beings. And so it looks very disorienting and cold. So people, students are, are saying that they feel lonely and that they feel isolated and disruptive and they don't like being at home. It's not that they don't like their families, it's just a different routine than what they're used to while working on campus. Mm -hmm. So how would you say that students feel like, are they getting what they paid for? Because I imagine what happened in March was incredibly frustrating for everyone in the middle of everything. Um, you know, a lot of students are complaining and some have had the online petitions to talk about this very thing. They say, why would we pay the same amount of money, uh, same tuition for an online course than we would in person? It is a fair question. But you have to step back for a moment and, and say, and remember that generally tuition does not cover all the costs of an in-person class. There's a lot of ways that things like that are paid for. Um, but I do get it because when you're looking at an online class, you're thinking, well, this, this doesn't seem like they're investing that much money in it. The reality is that many of these universities had to rush out and buy a lot more equipment. UC San Diego did it, San Diego State University, USD just dropped a lot of money. And what these schools have in common is that this big changeover is costing a lot of money. Just since um, COVID-19 began, UC San Diego has lost $150 million. The Chancellor says they're going to lose between another $200 and $300 million by the end of the summer. Um, USD has lost $17 million. Their president says they could lose as much as $30 million. Now, they're losing money because they're losing, they're having to refund a lot of money whether it is for tuition or housing or other fees, you know, the schools are reeling. Um, so they really don't want to hear the argument that, you know, um, you don't want to pay as much for, uh, as for tuition. They're trying to stay alive financially at the moment. 
But I can mm -hmm. I can see where students would say that because college is really expensive, even though it's reasonable in California compared to other states. And do we have a sense about how much this is going to affect non-COVID research? Because that's also a big part of higher education. It has had a profound effect. Um, so a lot of the research labs across UC San Diego have been closed down or they are brought down to, you know, where they're barely, barely opening. Um, some of the, um, the research labs, people are doing some lab experiments in their own homes. They've set up uh, mini labs there. Um, this is going to cost uh, tens of millions of dollars. Some of the money won't be lost forever. So like when you're doing research, the government will give you so-called overhead money to do research. Well, at the moment, a lot of that research is not being done, so you don't get the overhead money. Um, UC San Diego thinks that in the long run it's going to come out okay. It um, brings in $1.5 billion a year for research. On average, the school gets about $3 million a day in new research money. They think they're going to be okay over the long term. It could be harder for uh, schools like San Diego State, which is trying to expand in research, um, because they're not really at the top of the pecking order like UC San Diego is. I mean, UC San Diego is much larger. It has a much larger and better facilities. They're in a position to compete for money differently uh, than schools like San Diego State. So State, which wants to become one of the top research universities, um, they're, they're going to find it very difficult. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, economic downturns often send more people back to college and universities. Let's say they lost their job or they want to consider a career change. Do you think this is going to happen after this pandemic and when we get part lead back to normal? You know, Daniel, I think a lot of people want that to happen, but I don't know if it can happen. One of the things that was most disturbing this week was the governor talking about the fact that they were going to cut a lot of money from the community colleges. Now, a lot of people, when things like this happen, when there's a downturn, they'll, uh, rather than going to four-year schools, a lot of students will take courses at the community colleges, which are very uh, low in price, and many of them offer really high-quality classes. Um, but you know, in the San Diego um, Community College District, they were already way down in their enrollment. They were struggling to bring people in. So they already had a problem going when this new issue came up that's costing them more money. And now we're hearing that it may be costing the community co colleges more. So the question becomes, are there going to be so many fewer classes that the student who wants to go there and do some of their basic instruction and save money um, can or cannot do it. It is unclear. It is not a good looking uh, thing at the moment. Mm -hmm. And certainly the way that we fell into this recession, hopefully not depression, was truly unprecedented. So we really can't rely on previous kind of actions to kind of compare what people are going to do now. And also, you're hearing people consider the idea that the world has changed so much that if you were going to start your college career as a freshman, you might want to consider a gap year just because of everything happening. Do you think about, do you think that's a good idea? I don't think that's a good idea for most people. I've talked to some people about that and they're concerned. You know, a lot of these people, Daniel, who are going to college, uh, these freshmen are so-called first generation students. So they don't have maybe the support system that they would need um, uh, to survive in something like that. And even before this, GAP was not a common thing. It wasn't done in, by large numbers of people. We talked to local colleges, and in some cases, like um, I, I think UCSD told me that only 40 students roughly a year were doing it before this ever started. So it wasn't a large mm -hmm. thing. Plus, where are you going to go? Uh, air travel is going to continue to be a problem. Traveling overseas will continue to be a problem. Finding a job will continue to be a problem. 
So, you know, I've talked to a lot of people about that and educators are saying that's not really a good, uh, good idea. You should buckle down and get courses where you can. And if you have to take them online, then do that. A lot of people are concerned that if you're just coming out and you're a uh, first generation student, if you don't enroll right away, you may slide off the scale and never enroll. And the reality is that in today's economy, uh, you're not in a good place if you don't have a, a bachelor's, degree, bachelor's degree. Certainly, you need all that extra help, especially now as if, you know everything's different. There's something I want, if we have a second, there's something I'm concerned about. One of the things that is really is essential right now is that the public, uh, that students and their parents get good information in a timely way from universities. Some universities are doing a good job at this and some aren't. Locally, UC San Diego has started to go into a great deal of detail about what they're doing, what they're considering. It is important for uh, parents to hear the options that universities are considering. You know, are they going to have a lot of people in dorms? Um, is it going to be less likely that my kid can get into a, to a dorm? USD, the private school, also has done a very good job of that. Cal State San Marcos has been, has been doing well. The school that's been doing poorly on this is San Diego State University. Their president, um, uh, Adela De La Torre, has said that they were going to be very transparent in the way they've operated the university. But in recent months, there's been comparatively little information about what they were thinking of, what kind of options. They don't want to talk about what they're going through now. Um, parents want that kind of information, and the students want that too, because they're influencing each other. Parents and students are influencing each other. Um, President De La Torre hasn't been available for interviews uh, by the Union Tribune and some other media outlets. So it would be helpful if San Diego State could, in fact, be very transparent and say, this is what we're considering. Um, we may or may not do it. Um, and here's what it was, it's going to cost. Keep in mind that a school like State is going to come to the public and ask for a lot of money as soon as there are cuts. And people are less likely to fund something that they don't understand. People are more likely to give money when they understand the situation that you're in. Um, so it's time for, for SDSU to be more open with the public about this kind of issue on the campus and other issues. Certainly. And for all institutions, being transparent right now is kind of the best action because we're all in this problem together and hiding something just makes people suspicious. Yeah. I talked to a student locally, really sharp student. And she told me that um, she had choices. She could go to San Diego State or to the University of Kansas. This is a kid that has already earned 27 credits of college uh, degree work without even getting there yet. She said, I want the full college experience. I want to go to campus. I want to live on campus. I want to rush to a sorority, all of that. Um, really high grade point average. This is the kind of student that San Diego State wants to keep. Now, the University of, Ch of Kansas also said, oh, Come our way. We'll take care of you. What she told me was that she was going to go to the first campus that said that they were going to be open in the fall. And it looks like it was Kansas. So when San Diego State announced the other day that, in fact, that it's not bringing most camp uh, people to campus in the fall, that student uh, decided within an hour to go to Kansas. This is the kind of person we want to keep here. So I think this is another reason for universities to be more transparent and say, hey, maybe that first semester of your freshman year that we all love won't be exactly what you want, but we want you. We want to keep you. You're a local. You're an incredible student. You're going to be an important person in our economy and in our, in our, in our community. So 
a lot of people are being lost. We were beginning to hear yesterday that some public grant, land grant universities from other parts of the country um, that aren't experiencing the kind of enrollment growth that we have in California were reaching out to students who had applied to the CSU system um, mm -hmm. and trying to cherry pick those students where we understand who are going like, oh, I want to go to a four-year school, but I can't do it this year at CSU. So all these universities in the CSU system need to be very transparent and stay in touch and explain to the parents really what's going on. Certainly, the state-by-state -state response to this pandemic is complicating literally everything, including decisions about higher education. Gary Robbins, thank you so much. Thank you. Now, your coronavirus update. Coronavirus testing in San Diego County topped more than 4,000 people in one day, officials said at the county's briefing on Friday, marking a record high for testing two days in a row as the county moves closer to its goal of performing 5,200 tests per day. Of Thursday's 4,055 tests, 3%, or 132, came back positive for the novel coronavirus. That's good news and an important metric. The county tracks the percent of positive tests over a rolling 14-day period. The percent of tests that came back positive has dropped to 4.4%. In all, 5,523 locals have tested positive for the virus. About 19% of them, 1,070 people, needed to be hospitalized. Of those who were, about 30% were placed in the ICU. The county also reported an additional eight new deaths, bringing to 208 the number of county residents who have died because of COVID-19. Death has occurred in 4% of the local cases. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. We want to remind you that information is your first line of defense. The San Diego Union Tribune is dedicated to bringing you the latest news in print, online, and on our podcasts. Right now, you can read our public health stories related to the virus online for free without hitting the paywall. But you can get all of your news at your fingertips, wherever and whenever you want if you're a subscriber. Don't miss a story. Go to uniontrip.com slash subscribe. San Diego News Fix is hosted and edited by myself, Daniel Wheaton. Special thanks to Luis Cruz for producing the live broadcasted recordings on social media. Digital Creative Director Beto Alvarez is this podcast editor. Until next time.